Welcome to this episode of the Luminosity Podcast, hosted by Maria Conde. This podcast is an ongoing conversation to provide busy entrepreneurs practical tools and inspiring stories to live a healthy and abundant life with grace and ease. Welcome to the show. Here's your host, Maria Conde. I think we are live. It is. It says we're streaming live now. Good morning, everyone. It is Maria Condi of the Luminosity Podcast, and we're coming live again today. I am super excited to be here today because we have the most amazing, colorful guest with us today. And for this, we have Romani, diva of magic. She's a magician, artist, dog lover, and baker of bread that is dangerously delicious. She performs her one-woman comedy show around the world, making people wonder and smile. She is the first and only woman woman to name the Magic Circle Stage Magician of the Year, the only British winner of the prestigious Las Vegas World Magic Golden Lion Award, and a member of the exclusive inner circle of the Magic Circle. She travels the world, headlining on luxury cruise ships, and working in beautiful theaters. With her new memoir, Spun into Gold, The Secret Life of a Female Magician, has an extraordinary story to tell. Welcome, <laughs> Romani. Thank you, Maria, thank you. And get rid of those it's glasses. in England, the light's fading, but it's only in the morning, your end, huh? It's morning, it's dark there, it's all good. It's all good, and thank you for taking the time, because I know it's late there. Coordinating this has been a little bit of a interesting moment. <laughs> it's all good, though. That's all good. So I would love, you know, to give our audience just a little bit of journey of how you got to, like, how does someone just become a magician someday in their life, right? Like, how do, yeah. Well, it's funny because I work on cruise ships and everyone always asks me, they say, how did you become a magician, especially as a woman, because there's very few female magicians. And it's a really long story. And that is why I wrote the book. It's a long story. It took about 20 years of roller coaster of adventures. It wasn't that I went to magic school when I was a kid and then you know basically i loved show business i loved judy garland and broadway and those films and i wanted nothing else than to be a ballerina or if not a ballerina at least judy garland i mean i'd settle for judy yeah. garland or Liza Minnelli. and so my mother took me to all these classes and i and i had dreams of show business but you know um, and i was in shows but at the age of about 15, I was in a show called Carousel and I was Louise and I wanted to be very, I wanted to be slimmer. And, and my natural body type is a sort of a sturdy, you know, muscular, um, and I've got a very sweet tooth. So, <laughs> you know, so I wasn't a ballerina lookalike. Mm -hmm. So I tried to be. So of course, at the age of 15, I ate nothing but satsumas. I literally ate, I think about 20 or 30 satsumas daily. And I did, I got cheekbones. It was my proudest moment. But of course, if you do that, as we know now, by the time you start eating again, you're gonna A, completely zoom up your mind to not a good place. And then you're gonna put the weight back on. And I did, when I was about 16, I put on about two stone, which in a, um, what's that, about 28 pounds. Yeah. No. So I, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't like massive but I was far too big to be a dancer and and I was really sad about this and I had to give up dancing and I had to give up all my dreams of show business and really so now you have this picture of a 16 year old a 17 year old an 18 year old who's just really sad I was just really sad so what could I do but get to go to university and um and at the end of university I got a proper job 
and I'm still two stone overweight and I get a proper job selling telephones for British Telecom. Um, but long story short, so that's I, I, I think if I read the book, it's such a long story. <laughs> but I ended up, basically, I, I ended up crashing at British Telecom. I had a, a, probably a nervous breakdown, you'd call it now, uh, because I was so unhappy. And I ended up in my parents' house with agoraphobia for two years, staring at the four walls, wow. thinking, I listened to everyone's advice, telling me what to do, that a good job and mortgage payments were what the thing to do. Yeah. And all I wanted was showbiz and spotlight and sequins and dancing. So in that very small space of my, literally my childhood room, I decided that I would not take anyone's advice anymore and I was going to be a performer, no matter what. I love it. Yeah. I love it. This month is all about visioning and goal setting and all that stuff and you have to have that and you have to run with it, right? I, and often the worse life takes you, the more you get that resolve. If, yeah. if my magic teacher often says, the enemy of the best is the good. Mm -hmm. I.e., when things are okay, we go along. Yeah. You know? But yeah. sometimes it gets you to, take to, to get to rock bottom, to go, you know what? I don't want to be here. And I'm, I'm not listening to anyone else. And I got a real attitude on me when, when I said I want to be a juggler at that time. And everyone went, a juggler? I was like, mind again. Yeah. <laughs> be a juggler. watch me. And I've got a, I've got a, I love, I've got a little um, postcard on my desk, which I love, which is, I can and I will yeah. watch me. Exactly. Love it. And when people say you can't do something to me now, it's like a red rag to a bull. I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it might take some yeah. time. <laughs> some time, but watch me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's so, I mean, I can relate to that. I spent 30 years as an accountant and it served me well, but yeah. it's like it wasn't passion filled, right? It's not what I wanted to do from day one. And, you know. And I get it. You know, I would probably say to someone if they wanted to be in show business, I mean, again, in the book, I've got a line that says, if you, if, if it won't, if you won't die if you don't do it, don't do it because it's, yeah. it's hard work. Yeah. But you've got one life and it's really important to do what you want to do. Yeah. Really important. Yeah. And, you know, when we look, I look at you and I actually watched last night on YouTube for a little bit, um, <laughs> preparing myself. <laughs> and, you know, we talked about this in the pre-interview about, you know, it's a way of serving the world in a certain way too, right? Because that's what I'm all about is serving the world. Yeah. And even though you're, you know, you are entertaining, but there's, I think, deeper levels to it than just pure entertainment, right? Yeah. It's funny. Um, I'm learning a lot now about um, different forms of happiness. And one happiness is eating a chocolate bar where we're happy in that moment. But, but it's not real happiness because if we were to eat 10 chocolate bars, we'd be like, yeah. so there's a difference between happiness where we go, I want to watch a film. I want a new car. I want to eat a chocolate bar. And the happiness that will actually make us happy, like, which is peace of mind. Yeah. And for example, for me, being a magician, a long time ago, I prayed. I was like, um, what can I do? And I got the answer, which you may not, may not believe, but I don't care, um, which was <laughs> make my people smile. Beautiful. Okay. So, so it's more of that. Right. So that's, that's my job, make my people smile. So 
that's all that's what I'm going to do and I'm just going to do my try my best at that so and that's some people are nurses some people are doctors some people are mothers um I'm not any one of those but but I can make people smile yeah so that's my job yeah I love it <laughs> yeah and you get to travel the world yeah I know I'm off to India tomorrow India oh. I know I remember trying to juggle our time to okay, I'm here, there, and we'll, we'll try and squeeze in this one day here. <laughs> well, what's fascinating is even though, so I had a, a, a manicure and a pedicure yesterday. I'm not that sort of girl. Usually I've got muddy fingertips because I like sport outside. Okay. Yeah. Like, do you have the sequin everything else? Like even when I did the pre I, I have two types of costume in the background. I, I, I have right? two types of people. So I have my beautiful costumes, which you'll see in my promotion and youtube and my everyday which is i really like sport in the park and and my dog's past but usually dog walking and just really, yeah. so to have a manicure and a pedicure is a real thing for me it's like really yeah. but i have to because i'm working on a six star cruise ship so i have to got to be put together properly and yeah i know I get, and and i remember the the manicure she she was from thailand where i'm going next week and she's like you're so lucky and yet in my head, I'm just thinking, I've got a pack. And, you know, it's, it's so interesting in our lives. Yeah. You know? What is the most interesting place you've ever gone to for your like for doing your work? Your show? You know what? It's funny because, again, it's in the book. It's a place called Kailicha, which is a township in South Africa. Wow. And last week I was in a Buddhist monastery and I met a monk, I think, I think Australian monk, who was teaching and he was in that township in south africa wow. Such a and I, went there. Yeah. I know and um, i haven't been back for 20 years but it was when i was being a street performer traveling the world um and me and my ex-husband juggler partner and um, we wanted to do a show for the townships and so we called the a charity and said can we do it and they first of all they said what color are you because obviously this was, but this was, you know, sensible. Where you are, right? Yeah. Right. They, it was more a safety thing. It wasn't a prejudice thing. Yeah. It was a, you're coming into a dangerous area. Yes. If you're white, it's going to be more dangerous. Yes, exactly. Um, but we went in and we did shows in the schools for That's a thousand cool. kids. Wow. And, and that was just such a huge privilege, you know. That would I mean, be amazing. Those, those. That yeah, whole culture would never ever see anything like that. Probably, they were the best audience ever. Because oh. if you take a coin from behind a child's ear in England, they're like, "Yeah, yeah, my dad does that." Yeah, but in Kailicha, they're like, oh. "Wow, you <laughs> see what they did." <laughs> so, wow. yeah, I think I might need to go back to some countries where magic is really surprising again. Because on a six-star cruise ship, obviously the the audience very wealthy they've seen everything and and they're very nice yeah they're not really amazed you know yeah <laughs> so. you're just there to pass the time make them smile cause yeah. the entertainment yeah. not not belittling you at all you know you're amazing no. what you do but i see what you're saying where you go to those other places where it is the ah where it's just that wonder is there and true you know, you know something what i see as i travel yeah and what i'm really aware of is that it doesn't matter whether you're poor or rich, everybody is suffering. Oh, now, yeah. very true. We talked about that before. 
very true. So you got the six star cruise ship with a bunch of very wealthy people. There's a whole they're bunch of behind the scenes as there. Much as anybody else, they are. And you might not want to believe it. You might go, well, it's all right for them because they've got money. So they're still suffering. We still lose the people we love. We still get ill. We still um, uh, don't get what we want. It's life just the challenges. And life is not excluded from all of that stuff. No. No, their problems so, might be so, different sometimes, but you still have to go through the emotional pieces of all of life. Of course, of course. So my job to make people smile is still relevant on the Six Star Cruise ship. Yeah. But, yeah. And I, I would think that they even probably have more challenges with that because yeah. they are probably having to be told to be a certain way in their life for so much of it too, right? They don't have the freedom that you have just to be you, right? I know. Yeah. Well, they could be. They could, but they choose not. They choose to stick in a space that <laughs> yeah. very contained yeah. usually, right? Yeah. I think freedom to be who you are is fantastic. And I probably something we could all do more of. You know, I have a friend. And tonight there's a dance around the corner. It's a swing dance. And I said, come. And she said, oh, I can't face it. And I was like, why? And she said, well, I have to get all dressed up. Oh. And I said, I don't. I just put on a slick of lipstick and wear something really casual. But she had felt this enormous pressure that she couldn't come unless she got dressed up. And it's like, wow, we all put these limitations yeah. on ourselves, don't we? Yeah. I remember being quite young and, and was, there was a wealthy family in my surroundings and there was a girl who was marrying into that family. And I remember the day she said to me, well, I can't do that because, because I'm a, we'll say Jones now. Right. I can't do that anymore. Right. And it was like nothing, you know, she, she was saying she had to show up a certain way and she couldn't just be herself anymore. Yeah. She was an amazing, beautiful person to begin with. Right. Yeah. And it was like, I sat there and I was in my early 20s and I'm going, I don't like that kind of life. Like, it's got a lot of money, but I don't know if I'd want that life, right? Exactly. And I believe in you should be able to have both, you know? You can be unique. You can be, yeah. you know, I look at somebody like, I don't know, if it's, I know you're from, you know, England. And I, <laughs> I'm thinking of Richard Branson, but I'm thinking like, I don't know how he's going to be perceived when I say that. But, you yeah. know, somebody who's very much in his own way, right. but just super wealthy. Okay. Yeah, and he but seems to live his own from. What's that? Yeah. He seems to live his own life and he wears what he wants. And, exactly. Yeah, he's not trying to fit the sort of certain profile of, you know, the yeah. wealthy person. He's yeah. showing up what's important to him, right? Yeah. But I think, I, me I, remember, <laughs> I remember though, after I came out of this, like when I was 26, where everything broke, and I, I did a lot of all these um, personal development books, life yeah. coaching books, where you would maybe take a page and, and you would draw what you felt you should wear, that the real you would wear. What does a real you do? What does a real do wear? What, what sort of friends have you got? Where you almost like, re, where you create who you feel you are rather than who you've grown up to be. Yeah. And so you were asking me about my name. So in that period, I got, I jettisoned my surname because I didn't want the rules of my class. Yeah. And all that, and I literally went to a lawyer and changed my name by legally yes. to Romany. Romany, you had to have two names. Oh, that's how you want to be called Romany. Romany. I just yeah. want to be called Romany. And and in that, I was giving away these expectations. Yeah. I was like, now I have my rules and my life. Yeah, I love that. It's very interesting that you said that because my daughter last night said to me. Um, she was talking about having kids. She goes, can I just 
choose their name? Do they have to have my last name? And I, I didn't even know what to say. I said, I think they do. I'm not sure. <laughs> and she says, but they're their own person. It's like, okay. <laughs> like, I love it. You know, I couldn't even answer it. I said, I didn't know what the laws are on that. I know as an adult, you could do it. Yeah. But when you're born into that, I don't know if you can just give them whatever name. Yeah. And there are these rules. It was, it was, I went to a Carolyn Mace workshop, um, M-Y-S-S. Yes, I know her. Yeah. If you were about tribal expectations, I say, for example, your husband dies. What if you fell in love in a month and got married? That would be against the tribe rules. Yeah. You know, we think that's terrible if you did that. You know, but two years, maybe that's okay. You know, there's these yeah. tribal expectations. And, um, and if we buy into those, they have an effect on us. And that's when I went, I'm unplugging my energy from these tribal expectations. Yeah. I'm going to be a juggler. I love it. I was never a regular. You. You're like world renowned now too. Right. Just a juggler, right? Like you're phenomenal. I'm not, a, I'm, not a, I'm not a juggler anymore. I gave that up, but um, I'm a magician. Do you ever do it at all? Do you ever do it at all now? No. Juggler? No. no. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I probably could, but I, I don't see any point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and then we're always going for new phases of our life. Yeah. So um, I was complaining to a coach I have about that I wasn't very interested in practicing. And he said, well, it's probably because you've done that and you're now going into a new area of your life. And this new area is, um, is speaking. So... I'm actually going to be doing it in Fiji for 300 women at this um, women's fantastic, the ultimate girls week away retreat with Elizabeth Gilbert there in the audience. I love it. And um, I'm going to be telling the story. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to go into that story. We're going to keep that other story. All right. That secret story. Right. Back to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, no. Cause I don't want to give anything away on there. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing though. And yeah. what an honor and an experience for you to be able to yeah. do that, right? Yeah. So exciting. And I think in life, what you want to have are things that are really, really exciting, don't you? You want to have new things that are not terrifying, because terrifying isn't good. I don't like terrifying. But they're just new enough, so they're exciting. Oh, they're like so comfort they're comfort a little bit. Yeah. I think when things become mature, when I first started doing close-up, not first started, when I was doing close-up magic for quite some time and I was doing it in um, parties for bankers, Christmas parties, yeah. I was bored. I was bored. And I would sit in the toilets for about five minutes going, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I was all in costume. But I was, yeah. And I decided that I'd have to stop doing that because I decided that if I ever had a job, in which I had to go sit and hide in the toilets for five minutes because I was bored. Yeah. I, I had to and then it's people. a job too. It's not a passion. It's, it's a job. It's a job. You're being paid to show up and do something. Right. You know what I mean? As opposed to something that fills you. Yes. Yeah. So I think, yeah. you know, obviously we need, need to pay the bills, but you yeah. want it to be on the edge of passion. So yeah. that, that thing, that thing, um, if you love what you do, you'll never work again. That thing. Yeah. You won't that to be 80 percent like this tonight i've got to prepare the magic for the cruise and i've left the chore part bits i.e searching for the tricks i can't find making more tricks i've left that to tonight because i don't like doing it so oh, that's 20 okay. percent of my job i don't want to do it that which is why i've left it to the last minute but yeah. as long as that's only 20 percent and not 80 percent, then we're good so why is that that you don't like doing that? Because I thought that would be part of what you do, though, too. Or is it just more of a 
it's it's a it's literally a physical thing of physically making things. So basically, if, if I uh, tear something up and it comes back together again, yeah. So you got to obviously it's magic, that, right? Yeah. But if you think about it, yeah. you might realize that I have to actually make it to begin with. <laughs> yeah. How did it get there to start with, right? Yeah. Right. So you know, and for me, it's something I never want to do. So I have to like bribe myself by putting comedy on the radio or and when you get to a cruise ship you have no other real supplies and stuff so you got to be no. fully prepared and right. back up and all those nothing. things too right if something goes yeah i'm in india in at sea everything has to be absolutely ready so yeah yeah so when you're out at sea how many shows would you be doing in that so like, this week um, on for this i'm on the beautiful seaborne ships which are these beautiful ships and i'll have two nights and each night i'll do two shows because okay. there's two sittings yes um so i'll do two nights and then i'll also host a dinner party oh for, wow um, very yeah, cool that's interesting yeah that's, that's nice. cool to try and talk to the people and because you, yeah. you get to mingle with everybody and right and find out about them and of course they always want to yeah. know how to become a magician which is why i wrote the book in the first place so it was yeah you know, the same questions yeah yeah but, but i try because i know my story so i'm a bit you know i'm a bit bored by my own story so i'm trying to find out about them so it's this battle of the questions yeah yeah <laughs> well yeah i would think because most people would want to tell their story you know most people want to have that space to do it right well, some people don't think their story is interesting. Very true. Very true. And some people, you have to winkle it out and you're like, so you've been an artist or a mother of five children or... Yeah. They don't see the significance in that, right? So... Yeah. They don't yeah. think they're interesting. And of course... Like, to get to a six-star cruise ship, you had to, you know, how how'd you get there? <laughs> you know, even if you married into it, what's your life about, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's really interesting. So, so it's finding out about that. That's yeah, it's really fascinating. Wow, yeah. very cool. And I assume on those cruise ships, do they have children on them at all, or is it just all adults? Not really. They no. might have one or two. Yeah, and, by and they're not. They're not. They're not really for children. Yeah. No, it's more probably later teens, if anything, or young adults. And yeah, stuff. not even that. It's oh. more. Old, it's not even old people. It's like like forty to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Cool. I love it. Is there, before we move on to the insight round of questions, is there any last little message you'd like to leave the audience with? Uh, well, one thing that I've really realized in the last two weeks, so that's one thing I'd like to share, is that, um, I've been listening, I love it, I've been loving Abraham Hicks for ages, oh. for 15 years, right? And I've been listening to that. Um, and so she's always saying, do what makes you happy, do what makes you happy, reach for a happier thing. And I've been looking at that. But the one thing that I realized in the last two weeks is that often the things that make us happy, they do make us happy, like dancing and swimming and all these things. But there's a deeper way of being happy, which is a news for me. And of course, it's probably not news for anyone else, but it is for me, in that when you use virtues, i.e. generosity, patience, loving kindness these vir these classic virtues you get a lot more happiness from these oh you do than you do from a chocolate bar dancing swimming or anything else of course still do all those things because yeah. they're fun yeah. but i'm just discovering late to the party 
but actually when you put the, these virtues first and you weave those into your life, actually there's a real deeper peace of mind happiness. Yeah. I, I wonder too, if when you do that too, maybe if you have more conscious of it now too, something you yeah. might have done, but not really paid attention to the effect or the feel of it, right? Yeah. Because, and I'll tell you why, for example, if you do the opposite, so, so for example, I have a lodger and he might say to me, um, can I, can I have some of your honey? Yeah. You know, and I think, I used to think, hmm, I've only got one jar of honey. I've only got that much left. I'll have to go to the supermarket to get more honey. Why can't he buy his own honey? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That does not make me happy. So oh. now that I'm, I'm trying to be much more generous and much more patient, I think, okay, I'm going to give him my honey. Yeah. Suddenly I don't have yeah. this. Yeah. And I'm happier. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> and he's happy because he got some honey on his toast or whatever. And yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you might be that sort of really generous, patient person anyway. I, I don't think I am. Actually. <laughs> well, we're human, right? It's just, you know, it's, there's good days and there's bad days. <laughs> I have a two daughter, of, good days and bad days. <laughs> in terms of this reach for the happier thing, I've just twigged that actually, um, and actually it's easier to get. It's easier to get to practice patience giving and all these virtues than it is to go, where am I going to go dancing? Where am I going to find that sort of happiness? That, that's yeah. quite hard to get. You know, especially if you're feeling a bit miserable. How am I going to get happy? Yeah. Actually, just by being patient, just by maybe choosing someone you can give something to. Serving or doing for somebody right. else. It's a really big place to go to. And I've even thought about myself too, because it's one of the things I wanted to do when I left my corporate world was to do more of that. And I sat back this last week and go, I haven't done any of it really. So all of a sudden it's like, you know what? Like done, like, you know, you're on it next week and it's starting to happen, right? Exactly, exactly. And then when people give you opportunities, like I was just um, walking the dog with my friend and she suddenly went, oh my God, my massage is in 20 minutes and I haven't got time to get there. And, she, and so, so I said, well, I'll drive you there. Now it wasn't really convenient for me. And she was like, really? And I, I wanted to give something today, but I didn't have any opportunity. Yeah. She's given me the opportunity to give to her. And um, I'm, st I'm still in the, in the technical stages of it, you can tell. But I'm working It's cool, though. That's how it shows up, though. When you put the energy out to the universe, it comes to you. Right. I had the same thing happen yesterday. I was at the school for something. I said, well, we're doing a field trip to the uh, food bank on Friday. Do you want to come? You know, they're going to get an orientation on the food bank. And, and that was one of the places I thought, you know, it's a good time of year to go volunteer there. And, right. you know, and then it's put on the nice silver platter for me right in front of me, right? <laughs> delivers doesn't it it really does yeah. you go yes please and it goes back yeah totally totally i love it <laughs> so we're going to get into some fun questions here so let's talk a minute for i'm always, always about self-care and mindset so that's my background of stuff so do you have one mindset that held you back and i know we've probably talked a bit about that today that yeah. held you back in your life yes um my chronic mindset that i think i've really I think I'm really working on it, but my chronic lifelong mindset was, I'm not the right shape. Uh, that has been my chronic mindset since I was five. Uh, and that has, it, it, it's held me back, but it also gave me the, the subject for the book. Yeah. Um, and I, I hope that I'm working on it, but it's still in my mind. It's a chronic yeah. thing. Yeah. I think we always have those things in our life. Like everyone yeah. has a little thread 
that yeah. goes through. And even you're working on it and you're good for a while and you work on it and it shows up again and you work on it. And I have some, a couple of those in my life that just that thread is always there. And it's like, oh, I got to put that in check again, you know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they talk about in the, the book, The Big Leap, they talk about that. And, you know, there's that thread can be out there, even for him. He says, you know, and you get to a plateau and it's like, oh, now it's there again. And you got to go up. Like, you know, you, you're working on it throughout your life. Yeah. And, and it, what's fascinating is, so, so whatever it is that you've got in your head, whether it's the wrong shape or you're never enough or anything, it's not even logical. So, for example, say I say I want to become a keynote speaker. Buff, you're not the right shape. A keynote speaker, if I was wanted to be a trapeze artist, it might make sense. Yeah. I could be, a, you know, any shape to be a speaker. It doesn't yeah. make sense. I know. I hear you. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, totally. And I have my stuff that I go to there and it's like, then you have to tell yourself, is that real? And then it's like, no, but how do I walk out of this one, right? <laughs> but then it goes, you know, and then it goes, but if you overcome that, it goes, ah, oh, but now you're too old. And you're like, shut up. <laughs> I'm not listening to anybody. Exactly. I, and I actually did a workshop on that recently. I actually talk about having, I call it the monkey mind. Oh. I would say you got to put your little monkey over here. The monkey can stay and hang out with you, but you're in charge, right? It doesn't talk. It just sits and looks at you and smiles, right? <laughs> She says about fear. She says fear will come along with you for the journey. It just does. It's, so why not invite him in, give him a seat? But you yeah. say you're not allowed to choose direction, change yeah. the music, or eat the snacks. Yeah, exactly. you know, You're going to come along, but you don't. You don't get to make any decisions. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Love it. Good lesson in there for everyone. Right. <laughs> So do you have a person that's changed your life for the better? Well, I think it's, it's let's say Esther Hicks or Abraham Hicks. Oh, that, yeah. yeah. Um, I've been listening to that. And that in 1996, I think I came across a secret, which was okay. But then I discovered Abraham Hicks. Yeah. And, and that's when I changed my life. Yeah. Before that, I'd be going around in circles saying, I'm not good enough. I don't practice. I'm the wrong shape. I'm too old. Anything. Yeah. Anything. And yeah. I was making it all true. It was true. Everything I said was true because I said it. <laughs> yeah. And I read this book and it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was 36, quite, you know, quite old in terms of changing life. And I changed my life. I started saying, I love practicing. My new act is fantastic. And all my friends would look at me like, huh? And I'd like to say, it's not really, I'm just saying it. And then I, then I manifested myself a man. I said, I have a, a wonderful new love. I live in a wonderful house. And I started doing all this manifestation, appreciation, gratitude. I did all the exercises and my life totally changed. Absolutely. I was just listening to Esther Hicks last night, actually. Yeah. And I just, it's one of those things where, you know, you're just scanning all of a sudden. It's like, oh, click. And it's like, oh, I'm listening to her right now, right? Right. And it's hard to explain if people don't know Esther Hicks, you know, or Abraham Hicks. It's a little bit, some people went, no, I don't understand that, but because Abraham speaks through Esther. Yeah. And um, it's worthwhile investigating it. Yeah. When I mentioned it to my friends, when my friend said to me, how come you're winning these competitions and you've got this and you've got this and you're manifesting your life? And I tell them about Abraham Hicks. 
Um, and then I say, listen, you might find it a bit weird that it's channeled wisdom, but for yeah. me, there was a pink elephant standing there saying these things, which are very, very sensible. I would listen because I don't care who says them. Yeah, it's wisdom. It's wisdom. That's what it is, yeah. right? It doesn't matter how it comes down. No. Yeah. And there's so many weird and wonderful things in this universe. We don't know half, not even half of it. We don't know 1% of it. So, yeah. so if it makes sense and it's benign, then great. Yeah. And it's always in the positive. It's never in a detrimental way. So, yeah. absolutely. That absolutely changed my life. And what was interesting was that I did that in 2011. And in 2011, my whole life changed. And I like won all these competitions and that's in the book. But then I gave up on it because it wasn't really working for me. And then I came back to it in 2017. And what I didn't realize was that in all those years, um, Esther had been having workshops where everyone else was saying, but this isn't working, this isn't working. And then she was explaining what they were doing wrong. So in lots and lots of YouTube videos and um, audibles, she yeah. explains what we were doing wrong, i.e. we were going, but this isn't working, this isn't working, this isn't working. It's like, well, that's why it's not working. Because you're saying it's not working. You're putting right. the energy out there that it's not working. Right. And that's when, again, I started doing it again. And again, my life changed for the better because it yeah. just does. I, I have uh, my little thing here. It says, believe and it will be. <gasps> well, I just did last night. I've got a postcard on my desk. Believe and act as if it was impossible to fail. Yeah. And that made me feel so much better. Yeah. yeah. I've viewed those messages lately, even for myself, because I'm doing another, you know how you just have big shifts in life? Yeah. And I'm going through that right now. And it's like, yeah. wow, like this is, you know, I'm trying to f navigate it and figure out what's right. And I've got some push and some pull and, you know, trying to work through that. So it's very interesting. Uh, on that, yeah. likewise, I'm in that position now where, I don't know where I'm going right now. Yeah. But not knowing that, that's such a good time to turn it over to the whoever's in yeah. charge. And I've done a little bit of that going, okay, this is kind of freaky and scary because like, yeah. I've got, you know, I'm like, I don't know what to say, what to do, where to go. But I, my prayer is, may all beings know peace. Yeah. Right? And whatever role I'm good to serve in that, wind me up and set me off. And exactly. Give me instructions because don't, <laughs> don't leave it on my own. Yeah. Right. I have no idea right now, but I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. So where am I? Lost track of all good stuff. <laughs> uh, Self-care habits. Do you have a oh, self-care habit that you practice regularly yeah. for yourself that keeps you safe? My most useful self-care habit is I used to wake up in the morning and literally think, oh, bleep, I'm the wrong shape or whatever. And again, the Abraham Hicks thing is when you literally wake up in the morning, you open your eyes and you, you might naturally, first of all, go to that and like you go, no, no. And then you think, what a fantastic pillow. I'm so warm and cozy. I'm alive. I've woken up. The sun has come up. The curtains are nice. I have eyelashes. Whatever you can think of that is yeah. positive. And you stay there for like five minutes until you've got yourself in that gratitude state of mind. Yeah. And then you get up. Yeah. I remember one of my, I think she was a counselor of mine from way back when. 
said you had something like it was 17 seconds or something from the time you open, like you wake to actually set your intention for your day. Because if you yeah. wake up miserable, that's the path you're taking yourself on, right? You right. have to instantly get into a positive, yeah. energetic field yeah. but to propel that, right? Yeah, and it's such a habit. Yeah. My, my good friend who's got a great life, she said, but I still wake up unhappy. And I went, you need to work harder. You need to get this habit. She went, I do. I went, you're not doing it. You're not doing it. It's not that hard. You literally, yeah. it's not that hard. It's a little bit my of brain training of, you know, that first few days of, okay, like I got to think yeah. about that. I mean, I mean, I must admit, you know, maybe there's some people who right now their life maybe is awful and, and of course they're going to wake up and it's awful but even there you've got a choice it's like do you continue feeling awful if you can be grateful it will make you feel better you have to find the pieces that you can be grateful for this piece might really suck big time right now but you know yeah. what you got some clean water you got some roof over your head you're warm you got eyelashes like you said you know right you know, you know i can breathe out whatever it is you know and, and why do it because it really helps it does you're really miserable and carry on feeling really miserable that's a choice or you can do this practice and feel a bit better and i'll take the edge off of it and you know and gradually it'll get better and better and you'll see the light at that point in time and, and then it's it a real habit doesn't it i mean yeah. i don't i don't wake up anymore thinking oh no i think i think hey <laughs> yeah exactly Exactly. Yeah. Now, do you have a favorite quote that you like? At the moment, my favorite quote. So I'm a big Elizabeth Gilbert fan. Um, and I love loads of quotes. If you ever need a quote, you can just put in Elizabeth Gilbert quotes. But her quote is, and I like that, you have to participate relentlessly in the manifestation of your own happiness. Oh. And... Now, you might go, well, maybe I just need to be open to the manifestation of my own happiness. But I think if you put a bit of effort in, it's a better idea. Absolutely. I had somebody say to me yesterday, I was, wasn't, it was a pre-interview thing I was doing. And they said, 99% um, is hard and 100% is easy. So when you put yourself in 100%, it's a lot easier because the universe is going to answer you. But if you're only putting in a certain percentage, it's going to be way harder. Yeah. It was an interesting sort of, I had to think about it for a bit. It's like, yeah, that's kind of, forget that. I mean, that's true. Show business. I, I can't remember who, who said that too. Like it was somebody famous that had, it was one of their. Yeah. It's only true of a show. If you really prepare it, obviously when you step out on the stage. The business, now that I think of it. Yeah. yeah. When you start out on the stage, you don't know how the audience is going to react. There's, there's uncertainty, but the more you're prepared and the, yeah. you know, the, more, the more you're prepared, the, usually the better it goes, the easier it is. If you're going in yourself mentally 100%, yeah. it's going to be a lot easier than if you're going in 75%. It's going to be like you're, you're pushing and pushing and pushing to make the show work almost, right? You know, yeah, def definitely, yeah. Yeah, so and just an interesting thought there. Yeah. Um, books. Are you reading something fabulous right now? This is, um, I'm, in a, I'm in a new phase of life. Um, and it's, this is, um, it's called The Eight Steps of Happiness. Oh. The Eight Steps of Happiness. And it's by Monk, who's a really good teacher. Geshe Kelsang Gyatso. He's the head monk of the Kadampa tradition. 
and it's very simple and very practical. I like um, practical because some of those books I find like I love Eckhart Tolle, but to get into his books, it's like, wow, that's hard. I just, I can't get there all the time. Right. right. Very, very clear. Yeah. Very yeah. So I'm enjoying that. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I love it. Thank you. And so we got two more questions left and I know it's going to be, uh, what's one thing that you're most passionate about? And it does, you know, you can do whatever. Right. <laughs> um, this could be interesting. Well, <laughs> you know, so, I've said to you before the thing, so I've, I've gone in a new direction in life in that um, my husband is a very keen Buddhist. And um, it was funny because I didn't really um, understand. I was very much listening to Abraham Hicks all the time and he was following this Buddhism thing. And then my dog passed in June. Oh. And um, I know, but on that day, the books and the prayers started to make sense to me. I don't know why. I, I either either the dog blessed my mind or something blessed my mind. So, so what's really um, I'm really conscious at the moment is a, a very, you know it's a real Buddhist truth that all beings suffer. You know, all humans suffer, all animals suffer, we all suffer, and so I'm really really aware of that. And with that awareness comes another passion, and the passion is to help in some way. And it's funny. And now. The rest of my life doesn't seem to be very motivating. Like, I'm not really bothered about anything, shows, making money, a house. I, I just really want to find out how I can help. Yeah. And I, I'm aware I'm one person, but, one, you know, I'm one person, you're one person, we're all one person. If we all yeah. had that passion to help in some way, oh, yeah. then we really go places. Totally. So that I don't know if it sounds a bit notable, but that's what I'm thinking at the moment. Is everywhere I had a bird in my garden, I'm like thinking, oh, it's going to get killed by a car. And I'm really like, you know, because it, and I, it's just like I'd like a, a relaxation of suffering. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. I love it. Yeah. We need more of that in this world. Yeah. A lot more of it. And of course, it's going to be fun. I mean, any um. I, in my my um, rules of helping this, it needs to be fun, colourful, with friends, and an adventure. Oh, that's cool. This is uh, my job description, right? <laughs> like, I'm willing to help. You can write that down somewhere. I like that. Right? Fun, friends, colourful, adventure. Right? Love it. And, and the universal powers can absolutely orchestrate that because that's easy, you know. Totally. Totally. I love it. <laughs> so our last question for our listeners today is where can they find you? What's the best way to locate you? I mean, in the old days, I would have to make videos and send them out and all this. So now, um, my website where you can see me doing magic and wearing ridiculous feathers is um, www.romanymagic.com. And that's R-O-M. A-N-Y magic.com. Um, I'm on Instagram as Magic Romany. Twitter, although I don't really, I'm not on Twitter much, but that's Romany Sequin. And I've been on LinkedIn, I've been hitting connect, 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 like whack-a-mole. So I'm, um, if you just put in Romany Romany on I LinkedIn. I know, on Facebook. 
but, but you have to be careful because I got this lady saying, um, thank you for your invitation, but we've never met and we're not in the same industry. So I was curious why. Never but I'm usually, yeah. I know. I just was going, that. <laughs> anyway. Well, I think we're all connected. We are. Um, when I, when I, I, if the odd time I come across them, it's like, that's really cool. How can I right. how can that connection work, right? And I'm a magician. Everyone needs a magician. Absolutely. And if you don't want a magician, you can read my book. So it's fine. I was going to say, if you don't think you need one, you probably really do need one. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Well, this yeah. has been so much fun today. A great way to start my day. Um, oh. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. That, 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 the, the book Spun Into Gold, yeah, yeah. Like a Female Magician, it's now on Audible. Oh, it so, is. Yes, yeah, so if you like audiobooks, it's on Audible. Do you narrate it yourself? Yes. You do. Fabulous. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That is great. I love when the author actually, well, more often yeah. than not, I like when the author, some authors are. It's better yeah. than else does it. We'll say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, if I'd known how long it, would, it took, took me to do it, I would never have done it. But I done it. It's on Audible. So yeah. Well, that's great. Thank you for throwing that in there. It's perfect. Yeah. Thank you. When all my technology catches up to me, all this will be on Facebook. Not Facebook. On the website with all the links mm -hmm. and everything. Most people that have watched me lately know I have serious technology issues, and yet again, my podcast software is not working. So. But this is great that we can do this live. I'm saving the background. I will repost it when it's, I can get all the pieces in the background together. Um, and I love it. And thank you so much for making the time. I know we got this big time gap. And yeah. it in awesome. between your trips and stuff like that. I really appreciate it. It's been lovely. What fun. Thank you. So lovely to meet you. Yes. And we will chat soon because I want to keep yeah. track of what's going on with you. So I'm just going to end you. Facebook Live and hang tight for one second. See you later, everyone. Right, see you, Maria. Thank you for listening today. Show notes are available at www.mariaconde.com.